With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Welcome to Fantasy Football Weekly, a production of iHeartRadio. Time now for Fantasy Football Weekly from iHeartRadio, your weekly source for the nation's best fantasy speculation and advice. Now, along with the guys from Fanball.com, here's the host for Fantasy Football Weekly, Paul Charchian. It is Fantasy Football Weekly. I am Paul Charchian, my co-host, uh, like last week. Brian Johnson, welcome back. What's up, Charge? I should just get my name in the intro at this point. Yeah, I, I know. Going yeah, up, like every off season, should, yeah, we're supposed yeah, to be a nice rotation. I, uh, yeah, what happened Matt? to the rotation? What just happened to these guys in general? Matt, now Matt did one okay, uh, Matt, of our yeah. off season ones, but like you've done all of the rest of them. No fish, no Christian Peterson. That's okay. We'll, uh, you know. Scott Fish, hot off the heels of like the humanitarian, humanitarian of the, the year world. award, and yes. here I am. You're talking to me. I don't know. Fish yeah. would be here, but um, I think he signed up for. You're next barely week a already. human, uh, <laughs> let alone humanitarian of the year. Uh, I'll take the, that as a compliment. Like I'm a, I'm a machine. But tip, I know tip, that's not what you meant. Tip of the cap to Scott Fish for the award, yes. uh, the Fantasy Sports and Gaming Association awards the humanitarian of the year uh, within the industry. Somebody who's done good for others. And Scott Fish uh, was the recipient. He's raised over a $100,000 over the course of Fantasy Cares. Uh, works out of our office here, and many of our listeners are familiar with Scott and his contributions to this show. So tip of the hat to Scott. And before we break down the AFC and NFC Championship games, how about the real-life sabotage drop the Cowboys performed on the Giants here? It's a very savvy move from a very unsavvy franchise. <laughs> Isn't it? Jason Garrett interviewing to be the offensive coordinator of the Giants. Well, you know, I'm emotionally detached. I, I just I had enough of Gettleman last year. Draft day was, you know, the, the straw that broke the camel's back. But this accelerates. I'm going to go back to being a Giants fan as soon as they can, Gettleman. This can only accelerate that process in my well, mind. Well, now, uh, was he wrong? We all thought he was wrong. Well, many thought he was wrong about Daniel Jones. Was he? 
No, again, probably not. He looks like a good player. I still think he could have traded down to get Dan Jones. I'm, I'm a firm so, believer of that, and there were many egregious moves before the Daniel okay, Jones Okay, wait, things, I'm going to give you another one. Okay. When he traded Snacks Harrison, I thought he was insane because he was trading one of the best run stuffers in the NFL, and the Lions got him, and they went from being like last in the league against the run to like top five. And But Snacks is talking about retirement right now. He's talking about hanging it up. I'll give you a third. Odell Beckham. Who the hell wants Odell Beckham anymore? You know, the Browns may very well cut him outright. They gave him a lot of guaranteed money, though, which made no sense. The Giants. They signed him to an extension and then traded him. That is true. That is like, you don't know what you're doing at that point. That is true. Uh, But they got out of Beckham as the insanity was beginning. So, you know, I think... In the moment, a lot of these Gettleman moves have been worse than they've actually worked out to be. The return was always light, though, in all these instances, I think. Yeah, Even though they've turned out to be good moves, they still mm-hmm. could have maximized them for yes. more. Yeah, I but, agree with that. I agree with that. But we shall see uh, mm-hmm. yeah, how Jason Garrett, you know, he he has ties. He's from New Jersey. Like, he mm-hmm. was a Parcells guy way back in the day, so... He was eventually going to work for this team. <laughs> He's worked for Dallas a little too long, probably. But yeah, well, that that division though, ugh, it's it's disgusting. The NFC East. Which, I know that's bad. Well, it is but, this year. You know, but, you know, by next year, who knows? You could have a thirteen game winner come out of that division. Philly better just dominate that for the next. Yeah, you would think so. If they we'll stay see. healthy, you think they're the best team, and Dallas should be in that conversation as well. We'll find out. Let's break down the AFC and NFC Championship games, Brian, beginning with Tennessee taking on Kansas City. They're seven-and-a-half-point favorites. These teams met in Week 10. Tennessee won that game and put up 35 points. But I'll note that that was the first game back for Patrick Mahomes off that gruesome knee injury. And Mahomes wasn't quite himself, although they Kansas City still scored 32 points and lost in that game. Yeah, and Mahomes, Mahomes threw four, for four touchdowns. Yeah, 446 so, yards. Yeah, so, uh, you can't really point at Mahomes and go, well, you know, he came out rusty, and that's why they lost. Yeah. So the victors of both games last week, the Titans and the, the Chiefs, very bizarre games, both of them. Oh, God. So and, it's tough to green games, a yeah. lot. Yeah, so like, I don't, so, but yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll mention this Week 10 matchup a lot uh, between uh, Tennessee and Kansas City, as we, Kansas City as we go through this. Let's start with uh, King Henry. Derrick Henry, he had 23 carries for 188 and two on the ground in that mm-hmm. game. And, uh, you know, Kansas City, you run against Kansas City. You don't throw against Kansas City. Unlike years past, the, the path of least resistance was through the air. It's not th- that way this year. Uh, Kansas City is ranked 29th against the run by Football Outsiders DVOA. They've allowed the fourth highest yards per carry this season. Uh, Houston backs it into a okay. whole lot. All right, but hold on. Kansas City's run defense improved a lot down the stretch. Over the last four games, they're giving up 3.9 yards per carry and half a touchdown per game on the ground. That's it. And this is an improved run defense from the version that's skewing season-long stats because they were so bad in the first half of the season against the run. They have gotten a lot better. That is true. That is true. Um, I want to go back to Henry really quick. By the way, his last eight games, including the playoffs. Oh, it's unbelievable. Twelve over twelve hundred yards and eleven touchdowns in his last eight games. It's the all-time record for most rushing yards in any eight-game stretch in NFL history. His eight average nine. his average game since week ten, which is probably the eight games. Average game twenty five carries. That's a season. That's a one game season high for most backs in this league. That's his average game. One hundred sixty nine rushing yards and one point four touchdowns. 6.3 yards per carry. They're all mind-boggling over such yeah. a big stretch of games. It sounds like any one back's best game of the year, and it's Derrick Henry's 
average game. I know. He's uh, running very motivated. Going into unrestricted free agency. Yes, he is. Circling back real quick how Kansas City is tough on paper right now against running backs. But starting in week 14, Patriots, no run game. No running back had more than seven carries. Denver, 13 total carries, it looks like. Then Chicago. So not the greatest of competition for uh Yeah, that's Chiefs, fair. But, uh, that's fair. But, you know, they're, they're going to ride Henry into the sunset, ride or die, whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, plenty you want to throw out there. Um, I will mention the Colts and Titans are the only teams who allow more uh, receptions to opposing running backs than the Chiefs. Well, that's not so Derrick will, Henry's game. Uh, there. So I will mention Deion Lewis one more time. Yeah, no, no touches last week. They, he did no. not need to touch the ball. <laughs> well, no, they got ahead and they the, stayed ahead. You, you, we expected Baltimore to get ahead and stay ahead. Yeah, <laughs> we did. We so did. certainly the Chiefs have that potential, which might mm-hmm. bring Deion Lewis into play, which you know makes him a cheap DFS dart. But uh, by the I way, think- your your DFS darts last week I think paid off. We uh, we love Damian Williams. Yeah. That yeah. paid off. You like Darren Fells. Darren Fells. That he, paid off. He should have had like three more catches too. He yeah, had like he did two bad. drops. And there was another tight end you liked. Oh, it was uh, Hollister. He didn't do as much. He didn't do so okay, well. Right. No, he did not. But, uh, but yeah, let's uh, let's talk about the Tennessee tight ends who led the team in receptions in that Week yeah. 10 game. They had seven catches, uh, Jonu Smith and Anthony Ferkser. No other Titans receiver had more than one. Well, they only how many? They only completed like 11 passes in the game. Uh, so in that game, Jonu Smith and Ferkser combined for seven catches, 76 yards, and a touchdown. Ferkser mm-hmm. had the touchdown. Um, Jonu Smith, when he sees the ball, which he doesn't see it enough. Listen to these numbers. Yards per target, 10. That's number two. Among, wow, among qual- tight ends? Among 41 qualified tight ends. And yards after the, the catch per reception, 7.8. That's second as well. Okay. But he just doesn't see the ball enough. That's You are the guy who was mocking me one show ago for my love of Jonu Smith. I wasn't mocking Yes, you, you mocked. You absolutely mocked. I would have to check the tape. He yeah. he wasn't used as a receiver at all in the wild card game. Okay, so it was no. like no, it was Ferks or was the yeah. guy. I mean, maybe it was Matt. Maybe it was Matt. It, it was the mocking. I didn't. I wouldn't mock. I like Johnu Smith. Okay, I, I do too. Um, so the Chiefs uh, last week, uh, as you mentioned, Fells had the touchdown, and so continued through the playoffs. They've been giving up to tight ends all year. The uh, surrendered the second most catches to tight ends. Kansas City has mm-hmm. third most red zone targets to the position. So I'm liking Johnu Smith and Anthony Ferks are is the two best receivers on the team going yeah. into this game. Yeah. And I saw the, the odds for Ferkser to score the first touchdown is like 50 to one. And then at any point in the game, it was like 20 to one. Wow. I kind of like, okay. I like Johnny Smith's chances better. His odds aren't as good, but mm-hmm. Ferkser's are way up there. But what, so, uh, what do you think of AJ Brown in this one? You know, there's not even another receiver worth mentioning no. in this game other than Brown. And he, I know he runs the majority of his routes on the left, which puts him on Brashad Breeland which is he's probably the worst of the cornerbacks they've got, although he's not bad, but he's probably the worst of the ones they've got. Yeah, it's 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 another tough matchup, and Brown has struggled in tough matchups starting in Week 15. It was mm-hmm. New Orleans, New England, Baltimore. Right. He's had like one catch in each of those games, and this matchup is arguably almost as bad as all of those. So I'm not loving A.J. Brown. He's a contrarian play at this point again. See, I kind of like him as a contrarian play. I almost like Corey Davis more. <laughs> Do you really? Yeah, just because he's cheaper. Called the birthday touchdown, by the way. Last Nicely week. done. But here's the thing. A.J. Brown's good. Yeah, I know. And, you know so, I mean, if you think Tennessee's going to be competitive, if you think they're going to be passing more to stay in the game, which I do, I like A.J. Brown. I think they would make an effort to put a Dory Jackson on. E.J. Brown, though. Yeah, maybe. One, maybe. I don't know. I, I don't like either of them, to put it that I mean, I like the tight ends and uh, Derrick Henry. And uh, lastly, okay. Ryan Tannehill uh, had 181 and two passing and three 
rushes for 37 yards in that Week 10 game. And I'm mentioning the rushing yards because I'm loving the prop bet on his rushing yards at 15 and a half is the over-under. Really? 37 Tannehill had in that Week 10 game. Now, here are some other quarterbacks rushing totals against the Chiefs this year. Give me one second. Uh, Derek Carr, 18 yards. That's more than 15 and a half. Lamar Jackson, 46, of course. Matthew Stafford, 18 yards. Deshaun Watson, 42 yards. Aaron Rodgers, 29 yards. Tannehill again, 37. Tom Brady, 20 yards. Wow. Hammer okay. the over on the all Ryan right. Tannehill rushing prop. All right. I like said. it. Okay, good. Um, yeah, he is, he's more fleet of foot than people realize. Yeah, again, a converted wide receiver. Only played a year and a half of uh, quarterback at uh, mm-hmm. Oklahoma. I can't remember. He went, he went to a big-time school, too. But anyway, uh, unlike years past, so again, Kansas City, very tough secondary. They did lose uh, starting uh Free safety. I'm blanking on his name. It's definitely not Honey Badger. He will play. And he's been uh, great. He's been great. Uh, Kansas, their uh, best ru- uh, rusher, Chris Jones, who led the team in sacks for the Chiefs, uh, missed last week. Status uh, still very up in the air for this one. So that would bode well for Tannehill. But again, it's just all about Derrick Henry in this game. Yeah. Let's talk right. about Kansas City real yeah. quick. So I can't do Kansas City quickly because not, not there's quickly. so many guys no, to I talk know. about. I feel like we're running long on this one, but we only, we only got two, got two games, games to so talk about. Yeah, we'll kick back. So Baltimore had basically eight scoring opportunities last week. They had drives that finished on Tennessee's 36, 31, four-yard line, 18-yard line, 31, 15, 16, and 21-yard line. And they lost. And finished with 12 points. Dang, Um, that's crazy. It's not like the Titans were shutting down Baltimore. They just couldn't execute in scoring range. And I like the the Chiefs' chances to execute uh, in scoring range in this one. Uh, We mentioned Mahomes had 446 and three in that first game. The Titans have surrendered multiple passing scores in 11 of 17 regular season games. If you're throwing one lineup in any kind of contest, you got to have Mahomes in it. I think you do, too. Um, Can I just mention this about Mahomes? You know, for as much as he's already accomplished, Brian, you know, one thing he hadn't faced yet was... A huge deficit in a playoff game, mm-hmm. and it didn't phase him at all. Unflappable, yep. and there are a lot of young quarterbacks, and he's still, we forget, you know, he's still a very young quarterback. Um, it, it, he you know, didn't even, did not even phase him in the slightest. There are a lot of guys that might have, that might, a lot of younger quarterbacks that might have just gone belly up in that moment and not, not bad. Yeah, he rose to the occasion, the occasion so big time. That, I don't know if it was the first or the second touchdown. It was still on the comeback. Like, he completed the comeback in the second quarter, by the way. Yeah. People were like, yeah, they compared, the like, the greatest part. comebacks of all time. Those were, like, whole games. He did it yeah. in the quarter. But so, when he dragged his foot, when, like, everyone thought he was over the line. Of yeah, and he had yeah. The How about presence that? Presence of mind to, to drag, drag the foot. That's like, that was brilliant. Oh, man. That was so they're beautiful. down 24-0, and I nudged my wife. And I was, uh, at that point, I was leaving for Vegas the next day. And I said to, I said to her, oh, man, I'd. I'd, I'd still, even down 24 nothing. I think I'd be betting them to win right now. Oh, yeah, and she's I, like, oh, that doesn't seem like a very good, you know, that doesn't seem very likely. 24 nothing. Nobody, you know, I'm like, yeah, nobody ever comes back from 24 nothing. But if any team can, it'd be that one. And then they did it at half. Yeah. I'm thinking here I was trying to be, you know, contrarian guy, and they made it look easy. Crazy. Yeah, uh, we need to legalize gambling in Minnesota so we can make those bets because I had the same thought as well. I was like, no better money on a, a live bet for... Yeah, at the time, play. it didn't seem like good, but uh, it was very plausible, and it came through. In the uh, earlier matchup with Tennessee, Mahomes threw 50 passes, 5-0. Man, if he gets anything close to 50, yeah, yeah it's going to be explosive output for him. Nine, what do you think? It was, go ahead. I'll say uh, 19 of those passes went to Tyreek Hill. Yes, that nine, that's where I was going to go, too. Uh, 11 catches for 157 and 1 for Tyreek. In that 19 weekend. targets for Tyreek Hill that's the first crazy. game. And by the way, you, you think that you hear... The Chiefs 
so if I told you the Chiefs should have come back from 24 nothing, score 51 points, but Tyreek Hill is going to have 45 scoreless yards. Yeah, right. No one's going to believe that. So, no, no. Uh, he's probably going to get his in this one. Uh, the, again, it was a weird game for Baltimore and Tennessee last week. Baltimore kind of in comeback mode. But uh, Ravens wideouts had 18 catches in that game. That's a lot. Mm-hmm. So uh, you got to like Tyreek Hill. A lot. You think Sammy Watkins goes back to back here? Back to back. Like, well, like. Doing something, yeah, because <laughs> he had a good game last week. It was decent. He didn't score, right? Uh, he, I don't think he did score. Yeah, but he, he, had, he, had, he had like 50, 60 yeah. combo yards, which is sadly a good game for that Watkins. Yeah, really he had five for thirty nine on nine targets mm-hmm. in that Week Ten matchup. Uh, he had two rushes for twelve yards as well. Uh, again, I, I like Miko Hardman the most uh, outside of Tyree Kill. Only seventeen percent of the snaps last week. Demarcus Robinson weird. Saw 58%. Robinson's bad. He's All bad. the drops last week? Holy cow. And Hardman had four targets in those 17. Yeah, that's a high <laughs> I mean, percentage. Very high percentage. So get him on the field more. He had one catch for 63 yards and a touchdown in that Tennessee game. So give him uh, four or five targets, see what I'm he can do. It. Now, Kelsey's obvious, right? He went seven targets, seven catches, 75 yards, and a touchdown in the earlier meeting. Tennessee rocked by tight ends in December, although they did hold Mark Andrews in check last week. Well, Andrews got hurt. He and Hayden Hurst combined for eight ninety two and one. Yeah, so, and then even Ben Watson had three for thirty eight, which if you, that's like for him, that's a lot. Yeah, that's like one hundred and eighty yards. And, yeah. uh, and real quick, Kelsey now tight end one in uh, PPR uh, over the last four years. Also a top ten wide receiver in yeah, PPR scoring in those four years. So, I'd still uh, take Kittle ahead of him next year. Yeah, I would definitely in like a dynasty empire format, of course. But sure. Yeah, that's that's going to be a, a tough one. Yeah, Ertz is falling out of favor in uh, that argument. Um, and I, you mentioned uh, Tennessee getting shredded by tight tight ends over their last seven regular season season games. They allowed five tight end touchdowns, four top seventy yards. So Kelsey. let's talk. Uh, let's talk Damian Williams. Yep, last um, week. I I was in as I mentioned I was in Las Vegas last week for the uh, fantasy sports trade. Uh, Fantasy Sports and Gaming Association uh, Conference. And I placed a sizable wager on Damian Williams. And I want, I'm not going to say which way I went until after you're done, and we'll see if our thinking lines up on this. I'm going to guess you took the under on rushing yards because only three running backs have. He, so Williams had 19 carries for 77 yards rushing, five catches for 32 yards in that uh, week 10 matchup. Only three running backs have topped 90 rushing yards against Tennessee all year Christian McCaffrey, Carlos Hyde. Leonard Fournette, uh, and it was not Carlos Hyde last week. That was in the regular season. And they all needed 24 carries to get there. Baltimore running backs combined for 42 rushing yards on just nine carries last week against Tennessee. It's a tough matchup on the ground. Uh, Not through the air, though. Only the Colts have allowed more catches to opposing running backs than the Titans. Uh, So I like Williams a lot more through the air in this one. I don't think he's going to put up numbers quite like last week or in previous weeks uh, more recently. But, again, he's... He should be the only running back getting touches for this team. That's the part I like. Nobody else touches the ball. And I think I think the Chiefs are going to get up early and they're going to run a lot more than we've seen. Tennessee just doesn't, you know, because they've been winning so many of their games, they haven't had to sweat a lot of big volume runners. I think a big volume game is coming from Damian Williams. And so, if the line is was lower than most people would probably guess on Damian Williams. For rushing yards? For rushing yards. 57. Oh, I would take that over then. Oh, right. <laughs> I exactly. I you were thinking of 90 or I something. I was thinking like 75, right. 80 maybe. 57 isn't much. No. So, um, you know, if if Sony Michelle in a loss can get to 61 yards, Damian Williams 
in a win is going to get over 57. And you parlay that with the Ryan Tannehill <laughs> over 15 and a half. <laughs> that, that would be the angle. And uh, yeah, I, I, there's no weather concerns in this one either. It's going to be like 25 mm-hmm. and sunny, not too windy. So 52 point over under. I would take the over probably. You would, you would hope we see over 52 points in this game, but it should be a fun one. When we come back, Green Bay taking on San Francisco. We'll break it down fantasy style for you in just a moment. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing! I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet that's right up to $1,500 again sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in Ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park that's 1-800-GAMBLER Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Spentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Welcome back. Paul Georgie and Brian Johnson with you. Green Bay taking on San Francisco in San Francisco. These teams met in week 12. It was a one-sided affair. 37 to 8 in favor of San Francisco. Now, you was know, it in San Fran? It was, uh, San no, it was, it was in, I'm pretty sure it was in Green Bay. I think it happened Yikes. in Lambeau, if memory serves. And, um... It, it wasn't maybe quite as lopsided as the score suggests, but it was um, it was pretty darn lopsided. Let's uh, break down the Green Bay side of this, where Aaron Rodgers, as I feel like I say, I've been saying every week for, I don't know, since Halloween. Man, the numbers just aren't there. He's um, He's been under 243 yards in eight of the last nine games. 243 is nothing. Get this. He had a blow-up game against the Giants. If I take that game out, the Giants' terrible secondary. If I take that game out, Rodgers' average game in the second half of the season and playoffs, 209 yards and a touchdown. Uh, so it is, that, that game was in San Fran. It was, thank you very much. And the over-under, you're going to barf with excitement maybe, but you're not going to believe 239 and a half for over-under on passing yards for Aaron Rodgers. It's come to this. Ham- that Aaron Rodgers say high, it, Well, it is high, honestly. He, I, I, bet, I bet at least in the second half of the season, he's only got a couple of games higher than 239. That's probably it. Um, now, 
in Aaron Rodgers' you know, favor, he's only thrown one interception in the second half of the season. I mean, that's mostly what Aaron Rodgers brings to the table right now is he doesn't make mistakes, but that's about all he brings to the table. The San Francisco uh, pass defense is so good. They get the ferocious pass rush. They get, you know, Nick Ford and, uh, sorry, Nick Bosa, D Ford, DeForest Buckner, all fantastic pass rushers. And over the, uh, across the entire league, Pro Football Focus ranks their pass rush as third best. Now, in fairness, the Green Bay offensive line is great. It's always great. And, um, and you know, they will provide some time for Aaron Rodgers, but it mostly on the balance of it, it hasn't mattered a lot. I'm guessing uh, Brian Bulaga is good to go because that was like the yeah, flu I think that, Yeah, right. I, I, believe he will, I believe he will play. He's Late expected scratch. to play in this. Um, uh, cornerback Akello Witherspoon got benched last week. He will probably not go. His replacement, Emmanuel Mosley, gave up uh, only three catches for 24 yards against the Vikings. So Emmanuel Mosley expected to start there. So then the question is, where do you, what do you do with the Devontae Adams, right? Most of the other receivers don't even matter. So do you put Adams on Richard Sherman's side of the field where he gets erased, probably, and try to make hay with your other guys? Or do you put Devontae Adams on the left side of the field away from Richard Sherman knowing that they'll just roll extra coverage to that side and you're not throwing to Richard Sherman's side anyway? And now you got a huge problem potentially on both sides of the field. And that's the conundrum that they give you with Sherman being so good on one side. Put him right up against mono, Sherman. Mono, 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 one on one. And then, if you do that, it gives you the ability to to heave a few passes on the left side, a little bit like the Diggs touchdown last week, probably to uh, Alan Lazard, mm-hmm. would be your most likely candidate to uh, to pull something in. You know who it almost would be. The likely candidate would be Geronimo Allison, if not for his birthday being on Saturday instead Dope. of Sunday. Wow, a huge mistake. You don't like the pre-day. You don't like the birthday the day before. That's, well, no, that's, that's the hangover. Trouble, yeah. That's the hangover you want the next day. day. Of, no, absolutely so, not. Yeah. Avoid Geronimo at all costs. All right, let's talk about the running game for the Packers. Last week, Dalvin Cook ran for two yards per carry. That's it. Uh, Aaron Jones is more of a threat to San Francisco than, um, than uh, or sorry, Aaron. What am I trying to say here? I think the Niners. I think the Niners are going to play to shut down. Here's what I'm trying to say. I think the Niners are going to play to shut down Aaron Jones because Aaron Jones is a bigger threat than Aaron Rodgers is. Aaron Rodgers doesn't worry me if I'm the Niners. I don't want Aaron Jones beating because he's winning games. They're winning games on Aaron Jones, not Aaron Rodgers. I don't. I think that's going to be. I think they're going to play to shut down Aaron Jones, much like they did to Dalvin Cook. And I'll, I mentioned this last week. Let me mention it again because it was super relevant last week. San Francisco is awesome against pass receiving backs. Yeah. They held Dalvin Cook, I believe, to eight catches for nine yards That's through the air. Say, a lot of them were negative yards. It felt like, what was the, the long was probably like three yards. Something maybe, like that. To, San, for, San Francisco's allowed the third fewest running back receptions, the second fewest running back receiving yards, and they didn't give up a single touchdown through the air to a running back. Yeah, it became quite evident to you, me, anyone, like, stop throwing screen passes. Yeah. It's not working. Although they, some <laughs> of that was Kirk checking down, for yeah, sure. Yeah, um, much but time. still, um, it's... I, I'm I'm nervous about Aaron Jones here because I really believe that's that's going to be the foremost element that the Niners will take away. Sixty four point five is the over under on rushing yards for Jones. Let's see receiving. That's not as easy to find. For, that's not very good UX, but anyway, that seems high. All right, let's go to uh, let's go to the passing game for the Niners. Garoppolo barely used last week. He only threw 19 passes in the game. So he didn't have to. I think they ran 50 times. 
Green Bay's pass defense has been really good. They've allowed zero or one touchdown in six straight games. In the second half of the season, they've allowed less than one touchdown pass per game. Debo Samuel runs almost half his plays from Emmanuel Mosley's side of the field, so he'll avoid Richard Sherman mostly. Or sorry, that's I, I, I got the teams backwards on that. Sorry. Blah, 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 blah. That's, I mean, that's as if Debo Samuel is running on his own team. <laughs> um, Debo Samuel runs most of his plays on the left side of the field. That's Kevin King's side uh, predominantly. You're and talking that's about the practice. better angle. You're yeah, practice, about right? That's right, practice. Um, and so that that's your angle for Debo Samuel is um, that he gets the worst cornerback available. So that might work out. Emmanuel Sanders will um, will have to will, plays a lot of the slot. He plays the right side of the field. Those are worse matchups predominantly. Um, Tremont Williams has been shocking in his 84th year of service in the slot. <laughs> and uh, J.R. Alexander has really come along nicely. I'm, I'm less optimistic about Emmanuel Sanders here. Kendrick Bourne scored last week. Could be a wild card, but he's. Um, I think that's all he is, is a wild card. And I don't love chasing last week's box Yeah, score. he'll be a a popular chalky cheap option because of last week because of last week he runs predominantly from the slot as well and again i don't love the slot matchups here um kyle use uh i know some people tried him as a minimum salary punt play attempt yep. did not work no, out at no. all last week because the niners got up so by so much they didn't have to throw to him and that's where his value comes in what do you think about use as a potential dfs Minimum salary guy. Yeah, I'd, I'd go to uh, Anthony Ferkser instead. Okay. Because you don't want to – don't get cute at running back in any even regular season, postseason DFS contest. I always pay up for running backs because you want the guaranteed touches, bell cow, whatever you want to say. But, yeah, in the flex, I would, I would I'd punt with Ferkser this week. Okay. Let's do that. Um, yeah, they got to stop George Kittle, which is a problem. Um, he's laboring with a bit of an ankle issue, but it shouldn't be an issue here. Uh, Kittle roasted the Packers in the first meeting. Six targets, six catches, 129 yards, and a touchdown. And the Packers have faced four really good tight ends this year, with Kittle being one of them. Also, Zach Ertz, Darren Waller, and Travis Kelsey. They all posted very strong fantasy games. Yeah, and we liked Hollister last week. He didn't come through, but... On paper, it's quite obvious you like tight ends against the Packers. Yes, you do. Yep, (laughs) Especially ones like George Kittle. And Hollister didn't do nothing. He had at least a handful of catches. Uh, Let's talk about the San Francisco running game against Green Bay. We, um, you know, this is a team that loves to run the ball. If they get ahead, and if, you know, they're favored by seven and a half, just like last week, um, that's an opportunity to run the ball. So did you hear that it came out late that Mostert was hurt? was hurt. hurt. Yeah, we didn't know that. Hurt or sick. It was hurt. Um, yeah. And he's practicing now. And so a lot of us thought Mostert was going to be the guy. So it's Matt Breida week then. Well, <laughs> no, maybe. Because actually Coleman's a little dinged up now too. Oh, boy. So it might be. I think this might be one to just avoid. Mm-hmm. Prior to Tevin Coleman's 105 yards last week, no Niners back had topped 69 yards in four games. Only one 100-yard game had been posted since week eight. So, yeah, I, I just don't think – I just don't think there's – an angle with any of these runners that I feel great about. Well, if Coleman is truly dinged, that's very interesting. This one book, I'm not going to give it uh, free advertising, but uh, Mostert's over under on rushing yards is 45 and a half, and Coleman's is 44 and a half. Wow. <laughs> so, well, Jeff Wilson. Yeah, Jeff Wilson. I, I'd go back to Aaron Jones very quickly. Two and a half receptions is his over-under. That seems pretty low. That's low, but again, the Niners are awesome are, against man. that. But look, you know, the, the Vikings completed... 
eight or nine to Dalvin Cook. They just didn't go anywhere. And then maybe that's, and maybe that the Packers are going to look at that and go, well, we're not even going to pass. They, they put the necessary pressure to, like you said, force you to check down a lot. So mm-hmm. I would hammer that over, I feel. Could be. Um, what else do you want to say about the running game here? Only Christian McCaffrey's topped 100 yards against Green Bay in the second half of the season, but they're giving up four and a half yards per carry in the second half of the season. That could get you to a big game. I don't think holding Marshawn Lynch like Green Bay did to two yards per carry means anything. Marshawn Lynch is completely and utterly cooked. Yeah. Just nothing left there, I don't think. So uh, just from a, uh, as a side note, as we've done the fantasy breakdown on this, seven and a half, both games are roughly seven and a half points. Are you laying the seven and a half? I've... No, I'm not. <laughs> I, I think the favorites finally play like the favorites in this one, especially San Francisco. I, mm-hmm. I just I don't see Green Bay putting up much, doing much better than the Vikings did last week. I don't know, maybe a little bit better, but Tennessee, who knows? They're running hot. But man, Kansas City. You feel like it's 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 got to come to an end if somewhere. Between one, if I had to pick one to lay the points, it would uh, it would be the Chiefs. I mean, I would mm-hmm. take the points with the Titans, especially with the hook at seven and a half. But, yeah, uh, that half is that half makes it awfully tricky, doesn't it? When yeah. it comes to daily, this is probably even though it's, it's, granted it's only four games, but outside of the quarterbacks on Fanball, you can play two Superflex, but the tight ends. Kelsey and Kittle, Kelsey they're the primo Kittle. plays yeah, right. over all the running yeah. backs. Even Derrick Henry, I'd rather if I had to pick two. Would you the, play? The studs. Would you, you play? Would you more? But it'd be it, Kelsey Kittle. in Fanball uh, Superflex, would you play? Well, you don't even have to be Superflex for the two tight ends. Would you play? Would you prioritize a two tight end lineup? Oh yeah, I, I mean, I think Kelsey Kittle might be the highest scoring skill position players this week, especially yeah. in PPR, and yeah. that includes Derrick Henry and Devontae Adams, of course. Yeah, mm-hmm. definitely could be. Uh, thanks, Brian. Great job. Yeah, uh, clocking fun. in at almost exactly thirty minutes for this podcast. We managed to talk about two games for thirty minutes. Dear Lord. Congratulations for those of you that got to the end of the podcast. Uh, we love that. Thank you for listening throughout uh, the whole thing. We encourage you to go to uh, fanball.com, play uh, some salary cap this weekend. Still, uh, it's a, it's, to me, it's a lot more fun with two games than it is with one game. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we will break down the Super Bowl beginning next week as well. Talk to you in a week, everybody. Bye-bye. Fantasy Football Weekly is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. 